How's it going? It's Dave here from Lansdowne Road and The Green Machine, and you're very welcome to this midweek episode of The Green Machine Podcast. Um, we don't have um, Nick or Martin with us, but stepping off the bench is the delicious, delectable Kenny McCoy. Kenny, how are you doing? Brilliant, yeah. Looking forward to coming off the bench and scoring a few goals tonight. Well, you better. Um, we need as many as we can get. Um, basically, just want to start off... Uh, Obviously, we didn't do an episode last week uh, on Monday, the Steve Stoughton episode. I just want to apologize for that. Unfortunately, real life got in the way. Uh, this isn't our full-time job, um, but we will get that episode to you next Tuesday, hopefully anyway. And just to whet your appetite for the Steve Stoughton era, those of you who don't remember it, well, um, those of you do and still recovering from it, here is a little clip from The Gaffer being made Ireland manager back in 2006. As the new Republic of Ireland management team were introduced to the round room in the mansion house where Ireland's first constitution was signed, it was clear that Staunton's manifesto would include enthusiasm and passion, the driving force for his new regime. I played with passion and I think the one thing any player can give is passion. Staunton's management team includes Aston Villa coach Kevin MacDonald and ex-Ireland goalkeeper Alan Kelly and he made it clear that the appointment of former England buster Bobby Robson was his choice entirely. I'm the boss. I'm the gaffer. And at the end of the day, whatever I say goes, the buck stops with me. And I will use Bobby in whatever role I see fit. And Bobby will have a huge part to play. So... That happened. Uh, Steve Stone was made Ireland manager, and uh, the the uh, fallout from that, which we will cover next week. Kenny, quickly, um, you're obviously an Aston Villa fan, and he was an Aston Villa legend and an Ireland legend. Uh, your thoughts on the gaffer? On the gaffer, uh, probably the the highlight of his overall tenure was that quote on the gaffer. Uh, although he started with a great first game. Brilliant. Don't want to ruin the episode for everyone else. Uh, <laughs> after that, it did go slightly downhill. <laughs> just a bit. Just a bit. Uh, we'll have another clip. Uh, clip. We'll have another clip at the end of the show um, as well. So stay tuned for that. So uh, back to the news. And well, not, not great news anyway. Um, it was announced last Friday that Ireland or Dublin has lost its rights to host Euro 2020 games. Um, you can see here that basically we were supposed to have four games in the Viva, three group games, two for Ireland if we made it, and one last 16 games. So those four games have been taken away from us. Uh, one has been given to uh, St. Petersburg and the other to Wembley. Uh, the main crux of the situation or the issue for UEFA was that they had required an assurance of a minimum of 25% spectator attendance at each game, which the Irish government just couldn't do. Kenny, um, some people aren't happy about it. They're annoyed at the government over what's happened and the way they sort of just kind of let it slip through the fingers. Didn't put up much of a fight. And some, well, probably think that there's a bit more important things going on in the world. Where do you stand on it? Yeah, I'd stand on the on the side of there's a bit more important things going on in the world. Also, the added bonus of 
having tickets to to those some of those games yeah. and not actually having to go and see them being depressed about Ireland not qualifying and it being right in my at my front door so i think uh, a blessing in disguise in in some way obviously it's a loss but i think uefa have thrown in a possible sweetener of a possible european club final europa league final again possibly here in dublin which or the conference was, league yeah, or the Conference League, we'll see. We'll see what the Europa, Vauxhall Conference, Europa League. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might be one of those free season ticket matches thrown in from the FAI season tickets by then or something, but it's something to look forward to. I think it's the right decision. Yeah. I don't think the country's ready for it at all, and there's a lot more important things going on. Yeah, I mean, the vaccination rollout hasn't really um, got anywhere. And I, I, I understand, I mean, you know, it was just... When the European Super League uh, was announced, I hate bringing that up again. You know, Michal Martin came out and he was like, "Oh well, you know, I'm going to make sure that we we, we uh, have a discussion with UEFA and all this kind of stuff." And you're thinking, right? But what about the League of Ireland? And what about uh, you know these games that we could miss out on? It, it just kind of, I think, it just stuck in everyone's craw a little bit. You know that the government didn't yeah. really seem to do anything about it. And some would say the government is the reason we're we're actually. In this situation, yeah, uh, ridiculous for uh, Miguel Martin to talk about the Super League in any way whatsoever. I think uh, a lot more important things for him to be concentrating on. And if things were handled differently, we could be in a better place. But look, I, I think we'll move on from that. There's more important things to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I think hopefully in the future we can host a tournament and maybe get some investment in other stadiums around the country to do that and to enable us to host something big in the future yeah i mean absolutely um right so sad news today um obviously if you follow the last and road page that kenny and i are on uh we did mention that on this day last year we lost uh, michael robinson uh, who was having a long drawn out battle with cancer um unfortunately and he lost that last year um i did find a clip Obviously, he played for Ireland, 24 caps, four goals, and he played for Liverpool, Brighton, and Osasuna. And when he signed for, after he finished with Osasuna, he became a massive media star. Uh, I did find this clip uh, with uh, the panel just before Euro 2012, where um, Michael Robinson wasn't too, he wasn't very nice uh, towards the Ireland team. I mean, we lost 4 0, so he's probably right. But here's this clip anyway for 2012. I thought he was. <laughs> no, I, I, and I wasn't either, by the way. Well, the but thing, thing is, the difference exactly. The thing is, he wasn't like Bentner. Sure Michael he Robinson. <laughs> Michael Robinson is a very, very big media star. He is, yeah. In, in Spain, Spain, on Spanish television, and all of those fellas who were footballers and who were no good and become media stars of television, you have to watch them <laughs> very carefully. <laughs> Michael Robinson exaggerates even more than Eamon does. Eamon knows where Michael Robinson is coming from. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, Michael Robinson, he did play, he, he sort of missed out, didn't he, on the Jack Charlton era, on, on the golden generation and the golden era of Irish football. Um, he did play in Jack's first game which was actually against Wales, and Mick Bourne picked that team. And he, he did have a fallout as well with Jack, didn't he, afterwards? So, unfortunately, he he, he sort of missed out on that. He was very unlucky, I thought. Yeah, he did. Uh, you know, he's, he's so 
widely revered for his media career afterwards, after his playing career. And uh, I have a couple of uh, Spanish friends and ex-colleagues in work that knew him so well and that uh, really had a good, a great fondness for him and that he'd carved out so much over there. It kind of, you know, made up for some of the loss in his playing career towards the end of it. There was no doubt that he was well more than capable enough of playing for Ireland in the top level in the Euros and it just wasn't to be for him. I think the timing of his career had it changed and he had been two or three years younger. He could have been one of the mainstays of that squad, but uh, it wasn't to be. Uh, but a sad loss, uh, a great guy. And I, I've watched some of his clips since his passing on Spanish TV and uh, yeah, he was quite controversial on Spanish television as well. And some quite funny clips of him going around too. Uh, although that, that one of Mr. Dunphy and the guys talking about yeah. him it's probably better, you know. Yeah, he um he he was basically the uh, Spanish Amy Dunphy, wasn't he? Hopefully with a bit more accuracy. Uh, just to go back to the previous topic, um, Brendan Keishan has made a a point there. He's basically said with the Euros, Dublin's loss, not Ireland's loss. Uh, what what do you reckon with that? Still seems to be that you know um, Ireland Irish football being a centralised game, always played in Dublin and not around the country. Yeah, I, I, it's something that's you really feel in the in the midweek games, being a supporter, being there in in the grounds, the the effort that people traveling up from all around the country to go see a game is just it's really ridiculous but the whole transport hub of the whole country is set up to go to dublin uh it's probably the best place to host games but we've given some some matches down down the country before one or two token friendlies have happened i think there was one yeah. at tom and park uh a few years ago made the trip down for that too. Yeah, and Turner's Cross as well, yeah. a smaller crowd uh, before one of the Euros. I think it was 2012. Um, it was 2016. Shea Gibbons' last game. Yeah. It was a one last loss. game, yeah. Two one loss to yeah. Belarus, one loss. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and like they're just token games. Uh, we don't have the capacity or the stadia or the infrastructure around the country for this. And I think, you know, we, we'd need a, a big change in policy of investment for that to yeah. change. I can actually, I got a bit of flack, I remember when I, I posted uh, the game against Australia and it was the first game I missed for like five years. Um, it was in Tom and Park and I couldn't get to it. And I remember just ringing up the FEI and saying, look, are you, you know, the first train, the last train to Dublin, because I, I don't drive, still don't drive, um, is actually halfway through the second half. Do you have any buses? And he said, nope, we don't do anything like that. And I was like, well, do you think you should, you know? And I remember I actually got a bit of stick about that on the page saying I was spouting. I wasn't, you know, I mean, I, I would love it if, says Kevin Keegan, I would absolutely love it if um, we could have Arna matches all around the country. We just don't have the infrastructure, you know? And it is a shame. We should have Arna matches all around the island of Ireland. Um, just another comment there, actually, a friend of ours, uh, Frank O'Donoghue, there's the first big shock of the tournament Dave got a makeover. <laughs> Thanks for that, Frank. He hasn't. I haven't seen him for two years, so um, there you go. Anyway, you can borrow. You can borrow some of that new hair you've got. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to him in the post. Um, right. So getting back to where we were. By the way, keep, please keep your comments coming in. We will read them out. Keep them tasteful or full of praise, um, preferably the latter. Um, also, this day, actually, fifty years ago, Kenny. 50 years ago, an article appeared in, I believe it was the Evening Herald, um, about Liam Brady basically being expelled from the Christian Brothers School. Uh, he had opted 
to Captain Ireland in an under-15s game, I believe it was, and st- uh, over playing a friendly Gaelic match for the clo- uh, for the school. And he was essentially told by the Christian brother, if you play in that, don't come back. And he didn't, of course. And he's like, no, just to basically uh, clear that up, he has mended his fences with, uh, with the Christian Brothers School. But he did say at the time, um, well, this is what he said about himself. He said, the head brother told, told me not to come to the school for missed the match, but I never considered missing the soccer game. I wasn't very pleased with my father. He went to newspapers with the story and my picture ended up on the front of the Evening Herald. Also had a very bad haircut at the time. Um, that's his haircut from the time. I don't think it's quite as bad as his haircut from his debut in 1973. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you'd have to go. You'd have to go some way there, Liam, uh, to to beat that one. But um, Ireland's a strange country sometimes, Kenny. You know, uh, as much as we love it. But um, yeah. back 50 years ago, what a weird, weird yeah. time that was. Yeah, it's a, we've 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 come so far since then there but you know i'm i'm a good bit younger than liam and i had a similar issue uh with uh playing football or playing gaelic for the school in the fact that uh neither of them wanted to pick me at all so uh (laughs) there was always a battle between them to make sure i didn't play but it's happened it's ingrained in a lot of skills uh I, i remember leaving leaving primary school and picking a secondary school and, and going that actually they don't have a football team you'll have to play gaff if you go to that school you can only play rugby if you go to that school uh, if you want to play soccer you can go here or there and it was it was just the way things were um and schools took take precedence over club games as such uh, midweek football in your school if you want to make it far playing for your school is a great opportunity so uh yeah there, there were different days things are different now uh, but there still is that ingrained one's a rugby skill one's a soccer skill you yeah know, you, you, you're kind of making your decision but just where you go and base your education on yeah i mean he was um I've got something quite in common with uh, Liam Brady. He was obviously quite a handy footballer and quite a handy Gaelic player. I was rubbish at both, so there you go. Although I never actually played Gaelic. Do you know what? I think I actually had one game of Gaelic football uh, in the school. It was always football or hockey, funny enough. Yeah. We used to play. Um, so I just, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy times, and, and we have thankfully moved on a little bit. There, there was a controversy, though, a couple of years ago, wasn't there, with, with a player getting suspended because he played he played for soccer but i think that was very much an isolated incident anyway i hope it was but i mean lean brady he did say that you think any school and i quote um you know any other school would have been happy to have one of their students captaining captaining his country but again get on very well with the people there and we even have a soccer team say aiden's now so that kind of just goes to show you like you know how how far it's come doesn't it yeah, it does. Uh, it's it's any school at all would be so proud to yeah. sell one of their students of doing that. But the, the way things were back then, it was a it was a shame on the school from to be playing a foreign sport and uh, he should have been playing Gaelic. And you know, that's that, that's just it's not that long ago. No, no. I mean, I'm one of the greatest players as well. You know, to to play in an Ireland shirt, uh, Chippy Brady, like phenomenal player. And you know, you, you see some of the clips of him. Check him out. You know, some of our younger viewers, there's, there's lots of clips of him in Italian football. Like, he, he was such an immense player, brilliant player. Um, right, so moving on to a more happier time, Kenny. So this is a new thing we're going to try out, where it's basically we're going to look at some games on maybe this week, I'd say, maybe not this day, but this week, um, back in the day, shall we say. So 
two games we've chosen. And one of them we're going to start with is Ireland against Spain, which happened on the 26th of April, 1989. And this was a very, very big game for us because our Italian 90, it was an Italian 90 qualifier. And basically our Italian 90 group hadn't gone off to the best of starts. We had a bad loss to uh, Spain in Italy. We had a nil-nil draw with um, Northern Ireland. And also I think we had a nil-nil draw with Hungary away. So we needed a big win. Anyway, here, let's have a look at the clip from that game. Booming clearance from Bonner, and that's broken nicely from Cascarino to Houghton. And it's still Houghton. Then in the middle, Whelan's there. And Frank Stapleton has done it. Uh, the heady days of Lansdowne Road, Kenny, eh? <laughs> yeah, Lansdowne Road, what a place. Yeah. It's, been, it's been so long since I've been there. Um, my, my highlight straight away from that match was uh, being frustrated when I look back at it. Uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Whelan, how the hell did he not hit the ball uh, before Mr. Stapleton scored, you know? Yeah. Uh, he just got so lucky. Uh, only hope that we can be so lucky when you fluff something. Uh, your mate's in there behind you to just has your back. Uh, someone of the calibre of, of Frank Stapleton, yeah? Yeah, I mean, he... Um... Frank Stapleton was playing there, wasn't he? Because John Aldrich wouldn't travel after the um, obviously Hillsborough happened on the fifteenth of April, and John Aldrich was there. So was Ronnie actually, and Ray Houghton. Um, it was a very very dark time for football indeed. Um, funny enough, that game. If you, have you ever read Frank Stapleton's book? Frankly speaking, it's very good. <laughs> Love Frank. Yeah, he's just moaning though, isn't he? Like generally, he's just, <laughs> just kind of giving out about everything. It's brilliant. My, my mind always. Uh... Mix mixes Frank with a uh, pre match Frank. Uh, yeah. Really done him a bit of a disservice, I think. For for uh, Frank got a lot of stick after him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, he was a great player. I'm, I'm actually looking at it there on my uh, on my bookshelf there. Oh, I want to just kind of reach out and grab it. I remember he he mentioned actually at this game that there was an issue with the players' pool and um, between Opal and the the Irish players because you know if they had qualified for the it they obviously did qualify for the world cup but essentially they were looking um to get their own sort of commercial opportunities to players were and there were there was a bit of stick over that because opal were like no 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 we're your sponsor so you have to only you can only advertise opal stuff and the players are going no we can't your deal is with the fei it's not with us and besides you haven't even put any money into the players pool which they hadn't and after this game, they actually refused to attend uh, an Opal function. It was like a marquee tent outside, which, to be fair, sure was great, great crack because it was a beautiful day there um, in Lansdowne Road. Um, this almost led to Jack resigning from the Ireland team. Did you know that be, before he set off? Yeah, it was quite early in what 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 a, what a, when when talking about it, it always looks to me is the is the one of the things that happened at the start of player power happening and coming in and getting involved and um you know at that time the players weren't paid a good weren't paid the wages they are these days and premier league investment and things like that hadn't come yet and uh, it just was the start of the early days there a player starting to to realize possibly the power that they have yeah i mean it's funny when you watch Sera, uh you know i watched it last summer it's a great movie if you haven't seen it it's, it's a brilliant brilliant movie and it, it actually um it details ireland's 
successful campaign for Tally 90. It's brilliant. And you see, when you see the players back then talking about, oh, there's too much money in the game. I think Liam Brady and Frank Staples said there's too much money in the game. Uh, you know, oh, there's players earning like anywhere between like a thousand or two thousand pounds a week. And, you know, you, <laughs> you go back to like, 32 years later and his players get like 500 grand and 600 grand <laughs> you know it's and you see uh you see um uh, who's it i think david leary and ronnie Whelan showing up like in a ford escort you know in Ford sierra and it's just wow you know it's a different world isn't it yeah yeah um, but yeah that, that was a great game just to go back on the previous one kenny uh one of our viewers declan smith has a comment on what we we're talking about with liam brady so got constant stick for playing soccer at the weekends from, from the Christian brothers. Always pointed out as a soccer player. I suppose I missed out on a good job insurance or the civil service. <laughs> I, I, you know, I could actually share a story with the Christian brothers. I never went to the Christian brothers, but I remember my granddad did down in Cork and he actually got into a row with one of them. He was accused of throwing something at the chalkboard and the Christian brother wanted to give him like three lashes. And he's like, nope, not doing it. And he tried to force, you know, he tried to actually do it to my granddad my granddad got him and actually threw him through the chalkboard and uh yeah he got away with it funny enough but there you go the old christian yeah. brothers for you i, I um, looked at him first and i thought uh, old declan was having a crack at the center backs when he wrote cbs first his football soccer yeah. is in, ingrained yeah. in, in in me you know um but yeah that that was something that happened in in uh lots of skills and and i suppose being a handy good job uh in the lgaa well could have could have helped them out things were going to change you know well it, it's it's really these things are actually, to be honest with you, are still happening in certain skills. Uh, yeah. Not in the not, not in the ways that they are there, but there is certain skills that don't want their students playing soccer still. Uh, GEA is ingrained in them, and you know it's slowly we're we're evolving. But something that I'd like to touch on on that subject, and I never said was, you now sport should be something that's ingrained in the skills curriculum and maybe gives you some time to play and dedicate to a couple of hours to certain sports each week and then if somebody's at elite level give them time to play it in, in in between lessons you know yeah absolutely i mean it's encouraged like in america with scholarships and this kind of thing so i mean mm -hmm. ireland for such a small country you know it's got world-class gaelic i'm not a gaelic man but some of those lads you look at they are world-class athletes we've got world-class rugby players world-class footballers well we haven't for a while but uh we have in the past so declan thank you for those comments please keep them coming in um we will read them out where we can so moving on to our next game kenny and it probably is the last great performance of the charlton era and it was one nil uh win over portugal in 1995 it was a euro 96 qualifier let's have a quick look at this here Here's Stoughton, forward again for Quinn. George Costa out of the middle, slid through beautifully for Stoughton. Still Steve Stoughton. I love John Aldridge's celebration there. He is so... Well, uh, brilliant. I remember that game and uh, I really thought because we drew with Northern Ireland the previous month and I thought right we've you know yeah you always have a little blip in the campaign I thought yeah that's it we sorted it all out it was the last great um performance of the chart there Kenny wasn't it really well I remember the game I was in, was in the ground and uh watching the game I was only a whippersnapper but I remember the 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 disagreements first before this 
the stadium announcer announced who scored and due to Aldridge's reaction everybody in in my part of the, of the ground thought that John Aldridge had got a touch on it and it had scored a goal and then there was other lads who were like no Stanton's hit it in directly and then obviously <laughs> Victor right. Boye had scored the OG had an awful goalkeeping but when we look at it the last great performance as you say it was a, it was a 1-0 win with yeah. an absolute cracker as we see there but you know the highlight of the whole game afterwards is just looking at John Aldridge's celebration with uh, Fernando I think I'm pronouncing this right Kunto was it sorry Kuto <laughs> Fernando Kuto uh, was, was, was the defender uh, lovely lovely long hair on him uh, similar to your to your own now David but uh, his celebration Thank was just so good it was it was played over and over again and uh, you know another great moment from John Aldridge uh, his best moments in an Ireland short have been celebrating a goal and and also having a row with a touchline <laughs> touchline official uh, it's brilliant yeah it's always a certain amount of shit house for all that with me uh which, which I love it's, that's why that's what made him such a great great striker you know he, yeah. he only you know I think he had what 18 goals for, for Ireland uh, or 19 goals for Ireland sorry he was one away from the, from the record uh, what a player um but yeah that was i mean the next game in that campaign was against Liechtenstein. um the one went, the dues wasn't went it went on well didn't it That's yeah that went well i think I it was mean, gonna go good we won't we won't talk about that one but to go back to no. this game I, I remember myself uh having a bit of a disagreement over the starting lineup and uh looking at who was playing on on the night i wanted wanted the inclusion of some some very younger players and maybe mcateer had been dropped and i i was very anti phil bab at the time and uh wanted him to be dropped and wanted to see a bit of a change from jack you know what who was he who was he putting in i think uh it worked well. We were getting the good result. I just remember towards the end of the game that Jeff Kenna came on. He came on for Aldridge, and I thought, "What's what's he doing here?" He's like trying to just totally put everyone behind the ball, you know. And then I thought, seeing who else was warming up, and Alan Kernahan started warming up as well. Who um, I had an even more of a disliking for than Phil Bab at the time. <laughs> And uh, I think yeah. he came on for for Houghton or one of the one of the wide players, and we just said, "All right, everybody, just stand behind the ball here and make sure we we close out this match," you know. Which we did, which you did. Unfortunately, yeah. we didn't we didn't close out the one in Lisbon uh, later uh, that year. Um, yeah, I mean that victory. I mean, God, when you look back at it, and, we're, and we're, oh, we will cover the Euro '96 campaign. Believe me, um, it, it is the capitulation like no other should we say that victory left us top of group six with 13 points portugal with, with two i uh, sorry with second um second with 12 points and what an opportunity you know to give jack that last hurrah but yeah the next game was Liechtenstein. we'll cover that at some point as well probably hiding behind my chair um as yeah. i look at it some good highlights so, in that game yeah something like uh, do you know funny enough actually alan kelly because I, I have watched that game um back the full 90 minutes of it. Alan Kelly pulled off a world-class save in the last few minutes. We could have lost that match. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we could have lost to Liechtenstein. That can always happen when, you, when, when you're nil-nil and you're chasing a goal. You got like I just want to put, put one thing on that. If we had a lost to Liechtenstein, then I probably wouldn't feel as bad as I did a few weeks ago when we lost to Luxembourg. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, fair enough, moving on. <laughs> 
we, we don't like to talk too much about the current stuff here. Um, we always, we you know, funny enough, we always seem to do really well and, until the, the the national team plays. Everyone seems to be really happy, and then <laughs> and the national team plays, and all goes downhill from there. Um, well, you know, that's it for this week. Um, just to, a reminder. Uh, for next week, we are going to try and do the Steve Staunton Management Monday episode, although it's going to be Management Tuesday. Throwback man- Management Tuesday. There you go. Um, in case you're a bit unaware of what we do, essentially every Monday, most Mondays, we tend to talk about a manager's uh, era. And we've done Mick. We've broken that up into five episodes. We've done um, the Brian Kerr um, era. And now we're moving on to the Steve Staunton era. And just a reminder, um, if you're too young to remember Steve Staunton era, it was a very uh, tumultuous time, shall we? Very painful and tumultuous time uh, for Ireland fans, the FBI and media. And here is just a snippet of Eamon Dunphy on uh, Steve Staunton after we lost 1-0 to the Czech Republic. And basically, we're out of the running for your 2008. of the Irish players. Surely you have to give the coach some credit for that. No. Give him no credit for it because his job is to organise them. Their pride, they take pride in playing for their country. It's a separate thing. I wouldn't give him any credit because I don't think he picks the right team and I don't think he looks like a manager. He doesn't talk like a manager. You know, he looks yeah. like a guy in a Phoenix Park. Well, no, well, that's very harsh to him, with all due respect. Stuff. Why is it harsh? Well, because I mean, that's, not, it's too he never personal. trained for the job. What? No, it's not. He's, he, he got a job he was never trained to do. Well, like, uh, nobody would argue with that. I mean, you might as well put him in your seat. Do you think it would make any difference? I mean, you had to train, didn't you? <laughs> you weren't born in that chair, were you? <laughs> no, but I, tra- I suppose I could argue, like he might argue, that I trained on the job. You trained no. on the job. Well, inevitably, because of 40 years in television. But on the other hand, he's you not going to get the train to do yeah. Okay, would you let him drive the train to Cork? Sorry? Would you let him drive the train to Cork without <laughs> any training? <laughs> I, think, I think that's... It, hang on a second. I don't think that's quite right, Amy. Yeah. Of course... He it had took a, a guy. Well, hang on. He had a career as a player for a long period of time. And that's where a lot of managers can come into it from that if they have... If they're made of the right stuff. And they could be in it for 10 years... As a manager, and they're still not made at the best. So you think you can manage? You can go straight from playing to managing an international soccer team. Well, he did it. Well, I did it. Well, I tried uh, to okay. do it. I absolutely love that clip. I love it at the end when he goes, uh, you know, well, well I did it. I that did was it. brilliant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, to be fair, G- Giles did do it. You know, um, yeah, that was. Yeah, that that was incredible. Uh, Don't it, it makes it makes me sad watching that. Like we're missing these lads. Uh, the crack of watching a match. Yeah. You know, the match was awful. It didn't really matter. You had the lads afterwards. It was always good crack. They were allowed to say what they wanted. They talked the way they wanted. And uh, yeah, Don't feel spot on, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. He he called it after the uh, the second game against Holland. Like he said, sack this man immediately. And actually, doing the research for the Irish Times, like some were saying, oh, give Stan, Stan a break and all. It. I mean, it was it was dreadful. That game, we were all over shop. The game before that, the two two, um, where Kevin Doyle scored a wonder goal um, against uh, Slovakia. Like we we could have lost that game four five two. We, we were just it was it was just yeah it was dreadful. But 
that's going to be coming up anyway uh, next Tuesday. Just to go back on what we're talking about with the Euro 96 campaign, John Lawler, thank you for your comment, John. Uh, still things that we failed to comment for Euro 96. Imagine what it would have been like to be part of that tournament so close to home. Uh, we let it slip badly after that game. I just remember Bill putting it to the RT panel after the Portugal game. We're home and dry now, lads, aren't we? Ah, uh, yeah, Bill, we're home and dry now. Yeah, I think Declan, you sorry, not Declan, John, you have um hit the nail on the head. And it, it really such an opportunity missed there. And we probably could have done something because you know the momentum was really there with the Argentine Kenny, wasn't it? Like it was just for me, it was the England game. Killed us. I think that killed it for Jack. I think he just totally lost all interest in everything Irish. Uh, and football probably after the England game. It was a bit too close to home. Yeah, the, it was a look that night was something that we'll have to talk about on another day obviously it was a massive occasion but i think we were in between jack just being totally found out uh had run his course and then needing to maybe bring a bit of new new freshness in uh got us so far i think that the writing was on the wall in the world cup campaign itself i mean we'd we'd done so well to beat italy but the games against norway holland even Mexico, it's just the writing was on the wall there. Yeah. Uh, we needed a bit of change. Um, I think, you know, Jack did make some changes then, dropping Packy Bonner, which he probably should have done a bit earlier, but it was kind of too little too late, even though we had the results at that stage and the, the lads thought we were home and dry. There was real signs there for us that we weren't going to be able to last the, uh, last the race there and, and finish on top of it. But, you know, a tournament in England... It uh, just would yeah. have been massive for us. And I think if we had a got there, all of that stuff about the team, maybe not playing well, and they hadn't gelled together or knew where, and that, all that would have went straight out the window. And it would have yeah. been an absolute crazy town over there and uh, a yeah. massive party, the Irish over in, over in England. Yeah, we would have done very, very well just from crowd support, never mind anything else. Yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was such a sad time. We will cover that at some stage, I do, I do promise you. Anyway, that's enough we have. That's enough time, or that's all the time we have for this week. Easy for me to say. Thank you very much for dropping in. We will be back hopefully next uh, Wednesday with another one of these lovely podcasts. And also we will be back on the Tuesday with the manager Monday uh, with Stan, which is a bit of a mouthful anyway. But anyway, thank you very much for your comments. Have a lovely weekend, and we'll chat to you next week.